Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash stuff podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash stuff podcast. Hello everyone, this is the Star Wars Up Podcast, and I am your solo host this week, David Dantooine. Yep, it's just me. James, Joseph, Colin, and Matt had uh, other schedule conflicts, so if you're a fan of them, look forward to listening to them in future episodes. But this week, it's all me, all myself, and just to give you fair warning, I have a bit of a cough, so there might be some... Uh, awkward silences or some pauses here uh, for me to uh, maybe drink some water, maybe cough a little bit. I also have my dogs in the house. They might be scratching at the door. Um, recording this late at night. So so just to give you fair warning, I wanted to make sure that we get out a podcast to our faithful listeners. So here we go. So two really huge stories dropped. I believe Monday or actually Tuesday Bob Iger officially steps down as Disney CEO, which is huge news. Huge news. Bob Iger is one of the best CEOs of all time. Just for his acquisitions alone, what he did in the course of his tenure at Disney as Disney CEO, he brought in Pixar, brought in Marvel, brought in Lucasfilm, of course. And then he turns around and he does the Fox acquisition. And then he launches the first streaming um, service for Disney, Disney Plus. Disney Plus and the Fox stuff are two very huge and very notable acquisitions during his tenure. And some people think that he's going to be known more for that than anything. The Disney Plus thing I can see, but the Fox acquisition... To me, that's that was a $70 billion acquisition. It makes you think back to what a deal the acquisition of Star Wars was at $4.2 billion. I mean, that was, that was hardly anything compared to Fox. So, Bob Iger officially stepped down, effective immediately. And the person who took his place immediately is a person named Bob Chapek. I think when you read his name, you automatically want to say Chapik. But I have a Facebook friend that actually worked with him, and I think he's trying to correct everyone's pronunciation of his last name. And there's a thing I have here that I can read uh, from uh, a, an article, um, and I'll go ahead and read it. Bob Iger stepped down as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, effective immediately. Bob Chapek is the new CEO of the Board of Directors announced on Tuesday. He most recently served as chairman of Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products. Iger has assumed the role of executive chairman and will direct the company's creative endeavors, the company said. Iger will stay at Disney through the end of of his contract 
on December 31st, 2021. So Bob really isn't going anywhere. Iger, that is. With the successful launch of Disney's direct-to-consumer business and the integration of 20th Century Fox well underway, I believe this is the optimal time to transition to a new CEO, Iger said in a statement. After devoting his life to service, Iger said in his utmost confidence in Chapek and looks forward to working closely with him over the next 22 months as he assumes his new role. I am incredibly honored and humbled to assume the role of CEO of what I truly believe is the greatest company in the world, Chapek said in a statement. Bob Iger has built Disney into the most admired and successful media and entertainment company, and I've been lucky to enjoy a front row seat as a member of his leadership team. Iger's announcement caught Disney employees and rival media executives off guard. Some said that they were stunned and in shock about the sudden departure from the CEO seat. This transition was inevitable, but it was not expected to take place immediately on a seemingly random Tuesday afternoon. Some insiders took solace in the fact that Iger said he would remain executive chairman of the company. Iger, one of America's most respected CEOs, succeeded Michael Eisner in 2005 during his tenure. Iger oversaw the acquisition of Marvel Studios, Pixar, and Lucasfilm, all of which produced films that shattered box office records. Under his leadership, 21st Century Fox came into Disney's fold, resulting in a new roster of an intellectual property for the nearly 100-year-old company. So there it is, an end of a massive era. The first CEO of Disney to shepherd Star Wars. Staying with the company till 2021, but Bob Iger is probably going to be considered one of the greatest CEOs in Disney's history. And I really admired him through the years. I mean, he, just acquiring what he acquired in Marvel, Pixar, and Lucasfilm. Um, his story is is really incredible. He just came out with a new book, and I think it's his only book actually. And he kind of details his journey and his first jobs. And he started at the lower level, worked his way up, and was voted on to be the CEO of Disney. He was picked by his peers. And from what I hear and read of Chapek, it's kind of the same way of him. He's very admired, uh, very looked up to, um, and it seems like people have nothing but great things to say about him. So I think Disney is safe with the choice of the new CEO. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, just immediate and it was a piece of news that kind of took a lot of people off guard I felt like Bob Iger had wanted to resign and retire and it looks like he's kind of doing that in a kind of slow process he's he's gonna still stay at Disney until 2021 like I said but it was surprising to a lot of people but when you really think back on it, it's, it seems like looking back, it feels like he was trying to, he had a plan and he wanted to do certain things before he left and, and make sure that those things got done, like the Fox acquisition and the launch of Disney Plus. And he really made some big time moves and he, he showed a lot of guts from what I feel, to to acquire these these huge companies, so 
the best of Bob Iger. He's going to look over creative stuff, which I'm not sure if he has a and an expansive history of looking over creative things per se, but um, like I said, I keep on reiterating because it's it's just such monumental accomplishments that he was able to achieve as CEO of Disney, and my hat's off to him. The second big story that we have to talk about was Monday night. We all heard about the news that at 9 p.m. Central, we would all get Project Luminous details. And I took to Instagram, and it was Instagram Live. You could follow us there at Star Wars Stuff pod, underscore podcast. So at Star Wars Stuff underscore podcast. And right at 9 o'clock, I got on expecting instantaneous news. But media were tweeting out that the event hadn't started yet. So there was individual select media that did get to attend an event around L.A. somewhere. And they, they came away with a poster as well for Project Luminous. And about 20 minutes passed by. And then finally, news just kind of started coming out. And... Earlier that day, we got uh, a book cover, uh, which is Charles Soule's book for Project Luminous, which has the Wookiee Jedi and what looks to be the female protagonist with lightsabers and a couple more Jedi, and a structure in the air. And I think that that's going to play a huge role and all the books, comic books, all the publishing for Project Luminous. The um, article that came out from StarWars.com, I have it here, I'll read it to you. Uh, Later this year, Lucasfilm will launch an epic new era of Star Wars storytelling that will be explored through multiple voices in adult and young adult novels, children's books, and comics from a variety of publishers, including Disney Lucasfilm Press, Del Rey, IDW Publishing, and Marvel. Star Wars The High Republic, which was previously been referred to as Project Luminous, will be set in an era when the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order are at their zenith, about 200 years before the events of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, which is different from what we originally thought, which was 400 years. So, this would make Yoda and Maz a little older than we thought, not middle-aged. This period on the Star Wars timeline will not overlap any of the film features or series currently planned for production, giving creators and partners a vast amount of room to tell the Star Wars stories with new adventures and original characters. As previously announced, Star Wars The High Republic was enlisted, has enlisted top-tier fan-favorite authors Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel, uh, Daniel Ho- Jose Older, uh, Kavan Scott, and Charles Soule to craft the new era of Star Wars publishing. The first books and comics are set to debut at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, in August 2020, with Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, a massive interconnected story that told, that tells, uh, that's told across various formats Into the Dark by Claudia Gray, is the first, actually the second novel to come out. Uh, we all love Claudia Gray. And of course, Charles Soule, Light of the Jedi. Um, there's also The Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. 
And there's also The High Republic by Kavan Scott, which is a Marvel comic. Also, High Republic Adventures by Daniel Jose Older. And that looks to be like a kind of a, a young adult entry there. It's got two Jedi on the front. One species I'm really not familiar with. And there's a uh, female humanoid there. Uh, her name is, it looks like Lula. Uh, so... I think it's a pretty exciting time, um, the fact that these authors can take material and just create it from scratch. And that's, I think, something that we've really been looking forward to in TV and film. But of course, we haven't had that quite yet, where the author-director has total freedom to just do whatever they want to do. Um, I know we talked about how Ryan Johnson has this trilogy, that he's going to start it from scratch. I'm super hopeful that still happens. And today I actually watched Knives Out uh, with my wife, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I I thought I was going to guess, be able to guess who did it at the beginning, which I kind of did and I kind of did it I don't know it, you got to watch the the film I I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it's it's really something that's it, it's kind of one of those things where you watch a film and you think a certain thing happens and it happens but there's something else that's going on it's it's kind of a one of those things that I think it's like a trope that we I think as movie viewers movie watchers we all kind of fall into but yeah it's this is this is an exciting time especially if you're a big fan of the novels a big fan of the publishing a trailer was released after the social media announcement and it was interesting on several levels because there was a a picture of a whiteboard that came out and it had words um like short kind of phrases some of the interesting things on there was diversity of course we all i think we all kind of want diversity at this point i didn't really see that as a negative thing um we all want to see different uh characters different alien species i mean we kind of don't want what kind of what we've seen before in the end. I think we can all agree in that. But also the word dinosaur was written on there. And it that really kind of spoke to me because I think if I were in that room with the story group and all the, the future creators of Project Luminous, I probably would have wrote dinosaur on there as well. I mean, not literally dinosaur. But when I read that word, I instantaneously thought of the crate dragon on Tatooine. Um, I didn't think Jedi dinosaur or anything like that. Nothing, nothing silly. I thought, let's go big, you know, let's have huge alien species, new alien species and huge ideas. I mean, dinosaur is, is a dinosaur is usually something fairly large. And I think they, they maybe meant it as a metaphor. Um, but I'm I'm not sure I wasn't in that room. But uh, the also the the other kind of weird thing was 
I'm not sure the exact phrase, but it said, uh, no war. The wars are basically over. And I think some people got taken aback by that phrase. But to me, that basically meant that there was no grand galactic war. There's still a lot of action happening, but this is... This is on a smaller scale, but it's still a more, it's still a super interesting thing to have kind of a low level type of new look on the action and the dueling and the fighting between good and evil. Some of the phrases, some of the buzzwords, buzz phrases, I guess you could say, were that the knights for. Uh, Project Luminous or kind of Jedi Knights of the Round Table type of situation going on here. Which, if you look at Charles Soule's cover for his novel, you actually see a lightsaber being held by a Wookiee Jedi with a cross guard on the hilt. And it, it's a physical cross guard, it appears. It's not like Kylo Ren's. And I thought that was super interesting. And I think my mind is already past Knights of the Round Table because, I mean, Jedi Knight, uh, Arthurian Knights, I mean, it's it's pretty close to the exact same thing. So I think it, it's just one of those things, being a, fan, a lifelong fan of Star Wars, I don't even think of obvious things like that. But they did also release that the villains were called the Niles, spelled N-I-H-I-L, I believe. And they look a lot like pirates. And of course, at this point in time, the Sith weren't revealed to the Jedi. So, of course, we won't... I don't think we'll get those characters as much as we will get kind of the non-Force-sensitive villains like the Nile. And they also reference the Jedis as being Texas Ranger types. So the Jedi wouldn't need an army, obviously, because it's, I mean, it's pirates, you know. I mean, it's something a couple of master and a Padawan could probably take care of. And I'm not quite sure if the Republic had a type of, of army at all. That's going to be the interesting thing to see them address. How they're going to address it, I haven't gotten details. They did say that the two guiding stars for Project Luminous was Obi-Wan's classic phrase that was in the original Star Wars film. For, a for over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. And that's essentially where we're at in time. The guardians of peace and justice for the Republic. So, there's so many ways to go with this. There's so much opportunity here. And I know for sure James and Joseph are going to read every bit of Project Luminous. And definitely on Patreon, we'll have reviews for each book, comic book. So, if you're not a member of our Patreon... Now's the perfect time to uh, jump on, join us. We have several different tiers. You can hear commentaries, uh, special 
unique episodes like this last episode that was released it was for uh, Jedi Fallen Order um, James had a special guest and they pretty much went through the whole game talked about it they both completed it and got to the end and I listened to it this last week and I heard some things that I, I didn't actually realize before unfortunately I didn't get to buy the game I didn't play it but I do know exactly what actually takes place but I did learn some new things uh, that I didn't know before which I think usually happens when you you listen to us if I don't know something James, Joseph, Colin, Matt have it covered so Clone Wars episode 2 season 7 that episode dropped on Friday and um, I thought it was pretty good I watched it on Friday. I'm not... I think if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I'm not that big of a Clone Wars fan. But these last two episodes, they've they've really caught my attention. I thought they were actually pretty good. And being someone that hasn't seen every single episode in chronological order like I want to do eventually, I kind of understand what's going on. I think is. As a big Star Wars fan, and you know about Order 66, the clones, Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship, and Padme also as well in there. Uh, you you can follow along. It's it's not that hard. And I think for most listeners right now, they've you guys have probably seen every single episode of The Clone Wars. And no one really has excuse not to watch every single episode of The Clone Wars because Disney Plus exists and every episode is there up to episode 2, season 7. Um, couple things. I know we'll have this covered on our Patreon, a, a to- total review of episode 2. Um, but, like I said, a couple of things were kind of interesting that kind of happened, kind of stuck out. There was an animatic that a lot of us saw years ago that show the boarding of the Havoc Marauder. And Anakin, Anakin notices that the nose of the shuttle is decaled with a picture of Padme, pinup style. And um, there's a comment that's made that that's that was, she can negotiate with me anytime. Anytime. And Anakin isn't happy with that comment that someone else made. And that was actually removed from the episode. So it wasn't officially... It's I guess, I guess you can say it's not officially canon. But it makes sense to cut that scene out because the prior scene was of Anakin and Padme. And she was pregnant at the time. And just the way that the episode played out, it didn't really make sense anymore. So it was kind of removed, and that's kind of it's, it's a picture that you can see online. You could just look it up and see what I'm talking about. But that was removed, and the other thing that kind of stuck out was that really grand, long zooming in shot that we got at. I believe it was Comic-Con when they released that teaser trailer for the first time. And, of course, one of the Bad Batch clones wasn't there in the picture, I believe. If my memory serves, it was just Anakin and Obi-Wan walking. But 
I thought that was really cool that they they actually included that. I'm one of those people that if there's something in the trailer, I expect it to be in the movie. Otherwise, I'm kind of I'm kind of mad. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys are like that, but I, I guess that might just be me. But the Rise of Skywalker novelization has been printed by Ray Carson. And it was released this weekend at C2E2 in Chicago. And people have bought the book and have taken pictures of specific pages of the book and have released them online. So if you're trying to avoid spoilers for the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker, be wary of being spoiled of that online. I know we're about to get The Rise of Skywalker on home video but I have a feeling that you don't want to be spoiled because apparently there are additions to scenes that we see in the film and there's explanations of certain things that we've all wanted explanations for and I'm really kind of hyped up for it and of course James and Joseph are going to read the, read the, the novel and come back with so much goodness on the podcast I'm thinking I'm probably going to read it too because it felt like when I watched The Rise of Skywalker there was a lot that they could have really expounded on and extended and it seems like the novelization is where Ray Carson had the freedom to actually do that so I'm ultra excited to read that book. So we took to Twitter and we have a new handle. It's shorter, simpler, it's at stuff pod. So I believe our previous handle was Star War or SWS Pod two and eight seven. It's changed now to Stuff Pod. So if you notice it changed on Twitter, yeah, we changed it officially. And if you want to hit us up on Twitter, hit us up at, at Stuff Pod. So, this past weekend, I got to troop again with the 501st, and it was kind of needed Star Wars relief for me. I haven't um, seen my 501st squad members in a long time, and these people love Star Wars just as much as you and I, and to hear them talk about it, and it's kind of that celebration feeling, I think that you get when you attend celebration and everyone there knows what you're talking about as soon as you start talking about it and we had a social event and a lot of people showed up we actually spilled out of the uh the party room out onto the main lobby and it was there was a ton of us there and it's it's just awesome if you can join the 501st wherever you're listening from um, I totally recommend doing it. You'll you'll meet Star Wars fans, fellow fans, make friends with people that, of course, you have no idea that love Star Wars. It's such a such an interesting thing that so many people have such an extreme interest in Star Wars as maybe you do, but of course, there's this would maybe be the only avenue for you to actually uh, 
meet them. Because um, otherwise, I mean, people have different careers. People uh, live in different parts of your state. Uh, people might live outside the state. I mean, it's just kind of uh, a randomized situation that you get to actually meet people just like you. So, yeah, we had the social event, and then we had an actual troop at night where an actual astronaut was there, and there was telescopes outside. It was a big family event in a park here in South Texas, and there was a lot of us that trooped. It was me, another TIE pilot, uh, several stormtroopers, a stormtrooper from The Force Awakens. We had a Vader there, and... Once the bulk of us got out there, we all kind of saw a line forming and the person who was out there kind of wrangling us was like, you go over here, you go over there. And we got directed to a certain spot and a massive line formed. And we took pictures with so many people. So many kids showed up. It was awesome. It's really awesome when kids show up. And some of us or some of them are kind of nervous because we're the 501st, we're the Empire and the First Order, and they get kind of nervous. And some of them immediately want to hug us, give us high fives, give us fist bumps. It's it's such a cool thing to see kids. I mean, it, it, they can range from toddlers to teenagers so excited to see us so in awe of of just us being there because all of our costumes are are screen accurate and we go through a rigorous process to get approved by the 501st but it's 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 a very unique thing a lot like having this podcast i talk to a lot of my squad members about the podcast how how well it's going and they're like yeah we've listened and Getting feedback from them is is a really cool thing because their opinions really matter, and they're they're basically the elite level of Star Wars fan because most of those people have spent thousands of dollars on costuming, thousands of dollars on celebration, and I think at this point I've spent thousands of dollars as well on celebration. I've gone in 2015, 2017, 2019, and now 2020. It'll be my fourth celebration. So, looking forward to that. And like we said earlier uh, on previous podcasts, Star Wars After Dark is happening. Myself and Joseph will be there for sure. If you're out there, say hi to us. Don't be afraid to talk to us. Approach us. I'll probably be wearing some sort of Star Wars stuff podcast a shirt or hat or something. I'll I'll probably shoot out a picture on the Facebook group. If you, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, join it. Uh, tons of memes, breaking news. I always want to put bleeding edge news on there. And I think we have a lot of fun on there. And also we have a Star Wars stuff podcast page on Facebook. James will post stuff about our Patreon podcast. I'll do that as well on the Facebook page. But we try and mix it up a little bit. We'll have polls and different types of posts. And of course, we're on Twitter, 
Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, every social media app, uh, platform, you can always find us. And of course, we're on Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone that has joined our Patreon and has donated. Me and James had a conversation about the swag that we're going to take to Celebration. And we're still in uh, preliminary thoughts about what we're actually going to take, what we're going to produce. I'm pretty sure we're going to have a patch, uh, probably an Anaheim 2020 Star Wars Celebration patch that's going to be exclusive to to this year. Um, But... And of course, buttons. Buttons was a really big thing in Chicago, and we kept on thinking to ourselves, "Why didn't we get buttons?" And we, we had a a funny encounter with with someone that we always kind of talk about and kind of always go back to about not having buttons and were we going to have some by the end of celebration? And um, so we plan on having patches, buttons, but we talked about our Patreon members are faithful patreon members that we think that the five dollar teeter deserves every piece of merch that we produce so if you're on the five dollar tier we're gonna make it official and say that you're gonna get every single piece of merch that we have that we're giving out at celebration i'm not sure yet if we're gonna have t-shirts or anything that's that requires a size to be provided possibly it's still kind of early on but we definitely do want to give you at least some of the swag that we're taking to anaheim and if you're a five dollar member on patreon you're going to get something from the podcast and just make sure that you update your shipping address it doesn't have to be your home address just to make sure that the stuff that we do send out to you get sent out to you so I just want to make sure that everyone gets what uh, we promised them I know uh, when we did the giveaway for um, Force Friday a lot of people had to change their shipping address and I waited a little bit and I got private messages for shipping addresses and no one has said they haven't got their stuff for for uh, Force Friday, so I think we're good on that front. I think I've perfected the shipping method that I'm going to use from here on out, and you should get stuff a whole lot quicker uh, this time around. But I think that's it for now. Um, I'm pretty sure this coming weekend we're going to have... Uh, Collins report from Galaxy's Edge and I'm not sure if we're going to release that on Patreon or not but he said he's going to have full coverage of Galaxy's Edge when he goes this weekend and I'm thinking that James, Joseph and I will have a brand new podcast for you uh, this coming weekend and we'll probably have more thoughts on Project Luminous and more thoughts on all the news that breaks this week it seems like there's always something huge that breaks. And if not, we'll just talk about the news that that um, people aren't talking about. Because it seems like when you, when you think that you're hearing certain things, it's stuff falls through the cracks. And 
I think we make it a uh, um, priority that we talk about some of the more obscure stuff. And um, we should have more of that this coming weekend. So, once again, thank you. I've been sick for the past couple weeks, and I'm trying to get through it. Luckily, I haven't really coughed at all during this podcast. But, yeah, I'd, I've had a cough and trying to get better. And we'll have more for you uh, on Patreon and on next week's podcast. So in the meantime, may the force be with you. Always.